0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk. It is 3.29 p.m. Friday, May 14th. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where we talk about not only dividend stocks that have been increasing their payments to their shareholders every year for a minimum of 50 years, we're actually investing in those companies one at a time to collect a dividend or to collect a little bit of money from the run-up, which could be, uh, well, our our, main goal is to gain a 1% return per week. Now, we use a $100,000 account at the beginning of every year, and we try to gain $1,000 per week on a consistent basis. All because just to show you that, hey, it is possible. You come up with an amount of money, and then figure out how much you need to get, and then there you have it. 1% per week is my goal. That's it. Nothing amazing, nothing tragic, nothing, you know, noteworthy or anything to that effect. Just a minor, measly, miscellaneous, crappy old 1% per week. That's it. All right. Let's jump in, see where we are, see where we're going, and see what's happening. We've got six positions that we've been carrying off the past couple of days. Let's see what's going on. First on the list is Johnson & Johnson. Let's see what they did last week. Now, today is Friday, and options are going to expire today. So we've got to figure out where we are, where we're going, and what the heck is going on. All right, so for the last couple of days, here we go with Johnson, with Johnson & Johnson. They have a 90-day low of 151 and a high Double high, which is one seventy one, somewhere in that area. At uh, today high today, and what was that uh, three four days ago? Okay, where are we with Johnson Johnson? Let's take a look at the positions we're holding. Now I have a lot of positions with J and and apparently we need one seventy or above. We need stock to expire or to close higher than one seventy. She's at one seventy. 61. She's 61 cents into the money at this moment in time. Later on this evening, we're going to go in and find out what each one of these positions are and how profitable they were because we did quite a bit of positions only just to see how it all worked out. As you can plainly see, the lowest one we have here are calendar spreads, the 170, and we bought the 170 and then we sold the 170. It's a calendar spreads. we where you buy one further out and you sell the one closest. So the one we sold is expiring today. But the other one that we bought is still active for another couple, of days, another couple of weeks. So we actually have to go in and close the position out and see how much money we made off of it. But I'm not going to do that now because this kind of deserves its own little episode. All the different strategies with Johnson & Johnson. All right. So... How many did I actually do? There's one here. Is two. Is three. Four, five, six, seven. We got seven positions with Johnson and Johnson. That being said, let's jump in and look at the next on the list, which is MRK Merck. Let's see what Merck has got to do. The last ninety days. Last ninety days, we have a low at seventy-one sixty-eight. We have a high. 79.47. She's sitting at 78.52, which is not bad, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be out of this today because as long as we sell this at 78.50 or above, as long as she stays above 78.50, we're going to be out of this position. We got our dividend, we collected three premiums, and now we're even co- collecting a uh, 20 contracts with a spread 7650 77. Not bad. All right, that's not bad. MRK looks good. QCOM is very disappointing. Okay, the last 90 days, here we are with QCOM right here. We got what looks like, could very well be a, a, a triple low at 124. They have the actual low at 122.93, which is like 123. But 124 just the other day, she's up at 130 at this moment in time, and I'm pretty sure I sold the 131s. So let's take a look at that. And we did, we sold the 131s, we got 12 contracts at 131. We sold those at 35 cents. I really don't want to get rid of QCOM at 131, considering I bought it at 144. I just sold the 131s because she was down at 123, and I figured 131, hey, I'll get 35 cents a share. And I still have enough room to, I can jump in and and, and fix it if it doesn't go right. So that's what we're doing today. She's sitting at 130.72. So I got like 30, uh, 26 minutes before the market closes. So this thing got to stay below 131. Do me a favor, stay below 131. It doesn't really work that way. All the wishing and praying is never going to make a good trade go bad. A bad trade go good. I don't know. It's one of those. But we're waiting to see a market close um, all the way up to like 10 minutes of before I might have to buy this one thirty one back. And I don't want to buy it back, even though it's only at 6 I sold it at $0.35, cents, and right now the market value is, is, is $0.06. Cents. So I could buy it back at six mm. All right, that's QCOM not making me the happiest camper in the world. But it is what it is, and let's go up to the next one, which is UNP. Union Pacific, the last 90 days. Let's take a look. We got a low here, March 4th at 198.83. She had a high last week at 231. She's sitting at 228. And where are we with UNP? All right, we got the 220, 222 call spread. We got seven of those. You know, it's at we're, we're at 228. There's no possible well. I really shouldn't say that because there is a way for it to dump all the way below 2.22 in the next 10, 15 minutes. But I seriously doubt it. You know, she's at 2.28. Looks like she's going to stay there. UPS is next on the list. U-P-S. All right. The last 90 days at UPS, she finally broke out of that trading range of one sixty one, Gaps up in, uh, towards the end of April. She's sitting at a new high of 2.20. She's at 216 today, and where are we with UPS? Alright, we have the 210, 212 and a half spread, which we're at 216, so this is another no-brainer. That's another gimme, thank you. Uh, ExxonMobil. This one, pretty sure lost bunny on this one. She's last 90 days. Let's open it up. She had a low way back in January, 4448 high just the other day at 6402 she's sitting at $60,69. all right so we're looking at the trade of this one Whew. well we got one more week to go with the monthly call because we got 200 shares at 5550 and we sold the contract sold to buy it from me However, I did buy the uh, spread, the 61 and by 63, which is a big old her All right, that's a loser, and as long as she stays below 61.50, don't really have to do anything. All that being said, looks like it's uh, just one loss, you know, 1300 bucks for one loss. But that's okay, because you win some, you lose some. Qcom is really pissing me off, that just does not make me a happy camper. May 21, to the 14th. Look at that. AIZ is on the list for next, for two weeks from today. So let's see what, what happened with that one today. AIZ, for those of you who have followed and taken the initiative of jumping in on your own and trying it on your own, where you find a dividend stock that has good quality uh, company that has increased its dividend payments for a minimum of 25 years or whatever. Whatever you're comfortable with. This one popped up and that's what's on the list of those companies that I buy. Only the ones that have increased for 25 years or more. Or they're on Warren Buffett's list. AIZ. Let's uh, open that up and see what that looks like. $0.66. Cents, the Dividend assur- Assurance Assurance okay, 60 cent dividend okay, all right. Well, they started up the year at 83.89, stair steps their way up first in uh, June, July. She jumps to 103.29, uh, and then August, September, she's at 123, and then October, November, she's at 131. January, she's at 135, and then she finally at the high of the year at 163. She's sitting at 161 at the moment. But a 66 cent dividend, had you guys done this initiative on your own where you buy the stock, add the dividend to it, and then jump on out on the same day, the opening price was 160.47. With this, with the dividend being only 66 cents, if you add that 66 cents to the 160.47, you're gonna get 161 um, 13, Somewhere in that area. I mean, that's just right off the top of my head. 161, 13, and she, her high today was 161.61. So, yeah, she would have hit it. But let's, for the fun of it, let's take a look at the seasonality, just for the fun of it. See what that looks like, if that was a deciding factor or not. Oh, good, that looks so sweet. Look at that. She goes sideways from January right up into March. At the beginning of March, she dips a little bit, then from from mid-March to the rest of the year. It's like almost smooth sailing until she gets to the end of December. Then it's kind of like sideways. You know, so you got sideways December to, to uh, March. And then from March to, was that, October. It's a nice incline. So yeah, the seasonality would have worked out great on this company. Now, one more last thing is the big fat chart for AIZ. AIZ. There we go. And yep, the trend is on the upside. The... The trend is on the upside. She's leveling out right where she is. There's still separation between the buyers and sellers. There's more buyers than there are sellers. So this thing is still going to the upside. Gotta love it. All right, that's that. Here's where we are. There's not much I can do. Nothing going on with QCOM. j in the money. Mark's in the money. We're going to be out of that one. Uh, UNP, gotta love that. UPS. ExxonMobil is the only one I'm losing money on this week, and that does not make me a happy camper because I got three damage spreads that made money one that lost. Do you know what that means? That means I almost... I can't really say if I broke even yet or not, only because I got to wait until the options expire tomorrow afternoon and then go in and do all the calculations to see exactly what the damage was for ExxonMobil taking a turn. It did, makes me sad. All that being said, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk. Not much we can do right here. No more damage can be done for the day. I am going to be out of here for the day and next week I'm flying back up to the Boston area going back home. And uh, the visitation was fun. Hang out with my grandchildren, hang out with my kids. All that went wonderful. And uh, we're working on a new project. You guys might want to check into my new project. i trying to come up with a name with it for it. It's basically what you take. You lose change. You throw it all together. And then you invest it in the stock market using very strict rules. But the main precipice or, or the main reasoning or the main idea behind the whole project is that my grandson is one. And no matter what happens, at some point in time, he'll be... 18, graduating high school, becoming a man, or becoming a young adult. I don't know what's going to happen in 17 years, but I know it's coming. And you know what? Every day, I can't say every day because I don't go to the store every day, but when I do go to the store, you know, I still believe in cash. Don't get me wrong. We're moving to a cashless society or we're trying to. But as we're going into grocery stores, they have what's called the coinstar. In the, in the Walmarts and in the, uh, what do you call them, grocery stores, Stop and Shop, uh, well, Publix. They're trying to encourage people to cash in their change. So what do you do with it? I mean, a lot of people don't want really be bothered with Coinstar because they take a percentage out. But, but, you have the option of cashing in your change with Coinstar for free. Doesn't cost you anything if you convert your hard currency into digital currency. Now the digital currency you can do almost anything with. You can take it and transfer it over to your bank. I don't quite know how to do it yet, but I'm in communications with somebody over at Coinstar that will help me go from where I am to the next to the next logical step in the program. Basically, what it's going to be doing is me. I'm um, the grandfather and then Lisa who's the grandmother and then on the other side which is my son's fiance's parents Tom and Rachel they're going to be doing the same thing just taking a pocket change throw it in a jar at the end of the month we throw it into Coinstar Coinstar then we transfer it over to my grandson's trading account of course he's only one so the parents actually are the custodials of that so they control it But yet, they really don't know what they're doing, so they come to me, and I am showing them what to do using the strategies that I am teaching here. Now, they are young. They're in their late 20s, early 30s. So when my grandson gets to the age where he's going to graduate, hopefully he'll get a lot more responsible money-wise before then. I'd like to think, you know, share something in common with my grandson. We talk about things and do stuff. Maybe he might be a young prodigy. I don't know. He can't even talk yet. But the whole idea is my loose change, my 35 cents from going to the grocery store and buying something, the 83 cents that I come up with, you know, from paying a bill at Walmart, or doing something there. I usually take that change and throw it into a jar. It just sits there. I have a jar full of change that I've had for decades, literally decades. And I just, you know... I got like five or six jars scattered all over the place, you know, here there and everywhere. And it's like even in even in my van. You know, in the uh when the cup holders is full of change. And now I've started put change in another cup. Needless to say, taking all the change and then depositing it. And with the invention of the of the mobile investing apps, you have the option of taking that loose change and putting it into digital stocks, into the stock market fractional shares. I bought a half of a share of of, um, what did I buy yesterday? Johnson & Johnson. About a half a share. About one-fifth of a share of Caterpillar. It went up. I sold it. Made a whopping four five cents out of it. Big freaking deal. It's kind of a fun game. Okay? But if I look at the long term, from when I started it on April 1st, that was my first trade. I deposited the money on March 30th. Funds didn't come available until the 1st of April. So within one month, we're in the, what, the second week of May, So that's six weeks. So how far am I between then and now? Okay, I'm averaging around a little bit less than 1% a week in that account. Only because, now I'm saying this, only because with a small amount of money, you can't do intraday trading. You can't buy and sell the same stock in the same day. So an opportunity that just came up with AIZ, like you're looking at now, I got in at the morning where the opening of the day was one wait, where was it was 16047. I could have got in at the morning at the 16047, but when it hit its high, when it hit its 66 cent target for the day, which it did do. I can't get out until Monday because in order to be able to buy and sell the same day, you have to have a minimum of $25,000 in your trading account. And I'm not going to do that. Because if I do that, I'm just going to sit there and wait for decades upon decades before I earn $25,000 to put into a trading account in years. So yeah, they're limiting me, but still, everything's moving forward nicely. That being said, I really should check out and text you guys tomorrow... (gasps) where we go through the numbers and see exactly what the profit loss was for the day. Other than that, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk. I'm out here. You guys have a great day. But be on the lookout for my, my pocket change challenge. That's the name I'm using for now until I come up with a better name, where we just take our pocket change, turn it to JARTH, end of the month. We throw it in. And the nice thing about it is we get to talk with the kids, you know. You know, me, the wife, the, you know, the other, the in-laws. There you go, the in-laws, Tom and Rachel. I get to sit there and chat with them and say, hey, this is where we are. What do you guys think? And, and we'll go from there. So the six of us will get together on a monthly basis, every single month, and we'll communicate. Yeah, hopefully it'll bring us closer together because, you know, everybody's cool with each other. We all actually, we're really like you. I think I'm rubbing my, my my daughter-in-law a little on the wrong side. <laughs> she gets a little frustrated with me a lot because she's not used to... Um, me. (laughs) I'm not normal, so it's kind of strange. All that being said, I really should get going. I have other things I could be doing, should be doing, and probably will be doing. That being said, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader. Be on the lookout for our new stuff coming down the pike, and we will catch you tomorrow. Have a great day, and as usual, happy trading.